The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to The Parental Compass, presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. As always, if you like what you hear today, please subscribe to us. Whatever platform you're listening on, you can probably subscribe. It's a simple thing, but it means a lot to us. When you get married, you have this idea of what you think your life is going to look like. You have plans, you have hopes for the future. And then something happens and you get divorced. And if you have a child together, now you're stuck with this person and you can't control them. You can't control how they act, what they're saying to your child. How do you deal with it? Making a triumphant return to the show is Julie Ross. Julie is the author of the best-selling book, joint custody with a jerk. She's given a lot of thought to this issue. If you like what Julie has to say, I encourage you to check out parentinghorizons.com. She digs into this and a lot more issues on her site. Let's check it out. Ideally, parents should really work together in terms of creating what we call a divorce story. Um, which is a story that is repeatable and that both parents can tell with accuracy. So, um, so that the kids are hearing the same story from each parent. That way there's no blame, there's no criticism, there's no judgment. And it doesn't have to be a long story. It can be, you know, what mommy and daddy got, or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy, got married and we loved each other very much and we loved each other so much that we had you guys. And then, you know, over time we grew apart. We still love you guys. And and that reassurance needs to be part of it. We still love you guys and we will always be your mothers or your fathers or your mommy and daddy. Um, And it's better for us to live separately. So just a simple story because one of the big questions on kids' minds is why, right? And maybe they've seen fighting, so it kind of makes sense to them, but sometimes they don't see fighting and they're very confused. I imagine a curious kid would want to probe into that story and try to get deeper with it or get more information or, Mm -hmm. you know, get some little cracks in the story. So what do you do when they're like probing for more? Well, I think that's the value of having a story, a narration of it, so mm-hmm. that you, it, it's kind of a memorized thing. So yeah. if they say, but what really happened, the parents can say, what really happened is what we told you. Sometimes mm-hmm. people grow apart. That's what happened to us. We discovered it would be better for us as adults to live separately, but we will always be your parents and you will always be our children and we'll always love you. Yeah, back to the script. Back to the script. It sounds like you need pretty mature parents to do something like that. 
That would be true, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, you would think for the sake of your kids, you could be mature in the midst of all these angry feelings. But right. But but I don't think parents can be, which is why uh, I originally wrote the book, Joint Custody with a Jerk, because mm -hmm. there are far more people out there who behave like jerks in a divorce as opposed to mature adults. And I think that's understandable. And I want, I have compassion for, for people who are, um, you know, living this scenario. It's tough. You want your kids to love you and you want them to love your dad. I get, you know, their dad or mom in theory, mm -hmm. but then you can feel those jealous feelings too of like, oh, they're so close and having so much fun at mom's house. Well, you know, um, there's a couple of things that you can do. One of the reasons I, uh, I find that parents are now having those feelings of jealousy is actually related to social media. Mm -hmm. Because prior to social media, you know, you, you drop your kids off at the, your ex's house and, you know, maybe you know that they have a new partner, but it's not in your face, yeah. you know, they're eight hours away or 24 hours away or half a week away or whatever they are, whatever the custodial arrangement is it, but it's not in your face. The problem these days is that social media has come into the picture. So now people are blasting it all over. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to recommend that one of the things that you can do to um, assuage jealous feelings that you have is to not look at the social media, to, mm -hmm. to just not follow your ex on social Lock media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's just it's just going to, you know, at best make you jealous, at worst enrage you. And when those feelings are present, the kids are always in the middle. Yeah. And and they are the ones that ultimately get hurt, no matter how much you might think you're you're hiding those feelings. They they sense that. And that creates what we call a conflict of loyalty for the child, where they they you know they love their parent both parents, and yet one parent is angry and enraged. So now the kids are caught with this 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 conundrum: like, well, whose side do I choose? Do I also be angry at my other parent for having this good life, or do I do I? side with that parent and be against the parent who's angry. And that's just not a position that any child should have to be in to yeah. choose between parents. I think another thing with social media is it can be a means to an attack. You know, again, here, there's two, you know, there's a the kind of trashing that occurs on social media. I don't, I think it's probably the high road, taking the high road, right? Yeah. Um, would just be blocking that or unfollowing that person. So you're not privy to it. But then there's the other kind of trashing where, um, where, you know, your ex might say to the child, oh, your other parent is a liar or your other parent is, um, you know, is 
not generous enough with the money. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a slightly different story. You can't unfollow that, right? Because yeah. your kids can mm-hmm. come home and say, you know, why did my other parents say that you are, you know, greedy? Or why did my other parents say that you're not generous? Or why did my other parents say, and and that that's a situation where trying to keep the kids out of the middle, it's important for the parent to say, you know, to first of all, focus on their child's feelings, mm. you know, wow, I can see how upsetting that would be to you. You know what, this is a grown up thing. And I'm going to talk to my ex about it. I'm going to talk to your father or mother about it. And then they do need to confront the other person. The best way to confront somebody that you're disagreeing with is respectfully, mm-hmm. which is not easy when like, you're- Why the hell did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, how dare you? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That's not the way we want to do it. You want to try to do it respectfully. I find that parents who create a script for themselves are ahead of time, are better prepared to keep their tone of voice respectful and their words respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm big on scripting. I just think that it it saves so many situations. Um, so how we write that script, um, I, I believe in what I call the box step of communication, which is the script needs to be like the box step in dance. So you go to you know, you script it out, but then you go to your ex and you, and you step forward with what you need to say in a respectful way. So you step forward and you say, um, you know, Samantha told me that, um, that you said that you feel like you don't have enough money, um, from me or whatever it is. Um, and I feel concerned about, her having that information, right? And and information is actually a neutral word. You're not saying that the other person's right, but that the other person has disclosed something which is right or wrong. Uh You want to try to not get moralistic about it because the minute you get into, you know, that's not true, I give you blah, blah, blah. Anything that's accusatory is bad. Exactly. So you just step forward with that. Then you stop and you move to the side. So we're describing a box, step forward, step to the side and listen, put on your listening ears, zippy the lippy and let the other person begin to do whatever. They're going to probably rant and well, it's true and blah, 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 whatever. Um, And just listen. And as you're listening, you step back and try to find something within what they're saying, even if it's an emotion that you can agree with. Mm. So you may not agree with any of the facts, but you can certainly identify, you know, I hear how angry you are about this. Right. It's kind of validating in a way. You're not necessarily saying I agree, but I validate your feeling or whatever. Precisely. So you find something with, that you can agree upon and then you step across again. So we've stepped forward, across, back and then across again to their side. 
and forward again to say, um, to, to validate, you know, I hear that you're really feeling angry about that. And, and here's where you can present your point again. I feel um, uncomfortable that the kids are caught in the middle around about this. Mm-hmm. Then you step to the side again, you put on your, there's a lot of listening involved here, right? So it takes either a very mature person or someone who's scripted it out and knows, you know, the, 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 the other thing about this, Bobby, is, you know, you've been married for, you were married for however many years, mm-hmm. two years, five years, 20 years, whatever. You know this person pretty well. Yeah. So you can imagine as you're scripting what they're likely to say. Uh, totally. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're yeah. like, oh, I bet you anything they're going to say this. And that gives you a way to kind of script in your imagination what you think they're going to say and how you'll respond to it. And you may have to do several box steps before you're able to, um, you know, before you're able to either come to an agreement, not not to have the kids, you know, in the middle. And keeping in mind that this isn't about coming to an agreement about financials. Right. Mm -hmm. That's something that you probably did with a lawyer. That's probably something or you're working through with a lawyer. This is about coming to an agreement about getting the kids out of the middle of this. So you can't you can't tangle up the, you know, the quote information, the facts or, or lack of facts with the, the real goal here, the goal is to keep the kids out of the middle. I imagine it's important to pick your battles sometimes too, of what's worth all this effort. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think a lot of parents, because they're kind of wearing their hearts on their sleeves, they're still very raw from the, from the divorce. Um, they, they jump into every battle, you know, or every conflict as if it's a war. And, you know, uh, a a story that I tell in my book is that, um, you know, a, a parent packed lunch on their day with the child and the lunch was a tuna fish sandwich and the parent put onions in the, in the tuna salad, right? Kid goes to school, and then is picked up by the, the other parents on the, on the back end there and is starving and so upset because the, you know, mom slash dad put, uh, uh, you know, onions in the tuna salad and I don't like onions. So the other parent, the one who didn't make the sandwich, immediately calls the first parent and just blasts them, you know, you know, our kid doesn't like onions. How could you? Now, you know, is that really a battle worth fighting? It really isn't. Plus the battle really belongs to the child. You Mm -hmm. know, the child, it's the child's problem. The child needs to go back and talk to the parent who made the, the yucky sandwich and say, you know, mom or dad, you know, I don't really like onions in my tuna. Could you please not put them in there next time? So part of it too, Bobby, is ascertaining, like, who does this problem belong to? And mm-hmm. when we can, we can, when we can realize that it allows us to stay out of some of the, the, um, 
communication that really should be between one of the parents and the child, as opposed to between the parents. Yeah. You talk about treating your ex like a business partner. Explain that. What does that mean? So a lot of parents, um, you know, are familiar with business models. And um, so, but they don't, they treat their ex as if they are still in a personal or intimate relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that involves all these emotions we've been talking about. So I tell parents to treat your ex as if you are business partners with a billion dollar account at stake. And of course, in this metaphor, the children are the billion dollar account, right? You have a billion dollars at stake. So are you, you, you may not like your business partner. You may have started out liking your business partner when you started in business, but you may not like them anymore, right? And so, but are you going to go in and start hurling insults um, to someone who can damage this bill, you know, billion dollar account? I don't think so, right? There's too much at stake there. So you have to think about it as how can I make this a, a business arrangement? How can I make it as respectful as possible? Talk about the facts, um, you know, uh, acknowledge concerns about the business, um, but not get into the below the belt fighting that's that so often happens with both married couples and divorced people. Um, it's, it's about keeping it, um, it's, it's about keeping it mature. Well, I always enjoy talking with you, Julie. Do you have any closing ideas or anything you want to share with the audience here? I mean, I, I guess, you know, to close, I would just say that my hope for people who are in the midst of divorce, um, or considering divorce my hope is that they can see it as a temporary situation, even though divorce is permanent, but the aggravation and the upset and the upheaval, it actually is temporary. And, you know, I think people get caught up in negative feelings because they feel hopeless and they feel helpless. And if they can just if they can just, you know, develop a mantra that allows them to understand that with time, a lot of this is going to go away. And, it, and that the most important thing to, to um, reflect upon and to focus on is the kids and getting them through it. And it's temporary especially as they grow and become more independent and can travel around themselves and that kind of thing. Um, But it's not a life sentence. Yeah. Life always moves on. And I think going through tough things, it makes you tougher in general for the next difficult challenge. Well, thank thank you so much, Julie, for being here. You're so welcome, Bobby. It was my pleasure. It was great having you on, Julie. Again, I want to remind you about ParentingHorizons.com. That's Julie's site where she talks about this and plenty of other issues. This has been the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. 
We'll see you next week. Peace.